You're listening to Kick-Ass Radio for Kick-Ass People, the show where we interview awesome people who have achieved tremendous success in their lives. Our guests will share with you their story and five tips you can implement for living your kick-ass life. Now for our host, Christopher Roush. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's my life, and you are here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in sunny Southern California. Welcome to your place for motivation, inspiration, and edumacation. I am your host, Christopher Rausch. I want to welcome you all to our show tonight and just want to say, give a big shout-out to technology because about 20 minutes ago, I had a computer crash, and uh, fortunately, I'm doing this on another computer, so I hope you can hear me, and we are broadcasting out to the world So anyways, we are here every Monday night at 6 p.m. We bring you one kick-ass guest that comes on here, and they share five tips that you can begin using immediately in your life, whether it's personal or professional, to get you that unstoppable attitude that you can just overcome anything that comes in your way, personally and professionally. Um, We're on show number like 108 right now, so um, we've uh, just been having a kick-ass time with this. And if you're interested in going back and listening to some of the shows, people ask me, they say, oh, I missed your radio show. But it's actually, uh, it goes to podcast. It goes on to iTunes. Yeah, we're on show number 108. Um, so if you're interested in going and listening back to the other shows, you just go over to my website. It's ChristopherRausch.com, R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com. You go over to the radio show tab, and then halfway down there's a link to iTunes. You can go back and check out all 107 previous shows. Uh, we've had some amazing guests on here, so I really encourage you to go back and listen to those. And if you think about it, you think about five tips times 107 shows. That's a lot of tips, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're really interested in having a kick-ass life, I really encourage you to go back and listen to those. We've had some great shows. We've had some eh, not-so-great shows. You know, it's life. It happens. Uh, But encourage you to go back there and check it out. And speaking of guests, last week we had the incredible Jeffrey Lynn on my show. Uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Jeffrey. We both volunteer for uh, uh, the same organization. And uh, Jeff came on here, and uh, Jeffrey, um, and he, he just shared his story. He's got this disease, this autoimmune disorder that causes him to be allergic pretty much to everything around him. It's, it's amazing. And, and to his, his attitude about life is just phenomenal. I really encourage you to go back there and listen to it because nobody can tell you how to feel. If you're familiar with the book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning with uh, Viktor Frankl, by Viktor Frankl, uh, nobody can tell you how to feel. Nobody can tell you what your disposition is going to be. And if you listen to Jeffrey's story, it's like, holy crap, you know, wow, this is this guy's amazing. So I really encourage you to go back and listen to that. You know, and he talks about we talk about, you know, the medical community and educating yourself, you know, about your disease or about what the situation you got going on. So uh, go back and check that out. I uh, really encourage you to do that. Uh, and as for my show tonight, if you're interested in calling in, uh, we welcome the callers. You can go ahead and call in. The number is 646-378-1582. Again, that's 646-378-1582. We'd love to uh, have you on and uh, ask either myself or my guest a question. And uh, without any further ado, we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Uh, so uh, my guest tonight uh, has also got an amazing story. Uh, and she's uh, she's going to be coming on here in just a few minutes just, just to share it. Um, my guest, uh, she's just – it's incredible. Her name is uh, Kay Kara, and she goes by Kay. She likes to be called Kay. Um, but her passion is as a music composer has led her on a grand journey all over the world performing and even sang at the United Nations in Paris in 2003. And now she's getting involved in film, and she's doing some scoring, and she's just got a lot of things coming up that uh, I'm sure she's going to uh, brief us all up on. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to uh, 
We're going to welcome to the Kickass Radio Show, Kekara. Hey, Kay, are you on the phone? Hello? Are you there? Technology. You got to love it. All right, so <laughs> I hope this is working. Um, you know, interesting stuff's going on. Just uh, chime in if you can hear me. Uh, hold for just one second. Are you there? Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually just trying to uh, get a hold of our guest. It shows that she's in the queue, but unfortunately, uh, we can't hear her. So maybe try calling uh, calling back in. Let's let's try this one. Chris, are you there, Kay? Can you hear me now? Hey. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to you? the Kick-Ass Radio Show. I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks, sweetie. How are you? Great. I'm so sorry about the delay. I couldn't get in at first. Oh, okay. No problem. I, I had a I I had a number from a five two zero area code. Was that you? No. Uh-uh. Oh. But oh, I some... might have been trying the wrong phone number. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyways, you're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show tonight, and we're ready to get started. I gave a brief introduction about you and your life, um, but what I want you to do is just in your own words, tell your story, your Kick-Ass story, and, and why you're a Kick-Ass gal. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, I'm trying to be Kick-Ass, um, but uh, let me tell you, it's it's been a journey. Um and it's probably something I'm trying every day. <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, and kind of like a turning point in my life about uh, where, where I wanted to be when I grew up and and uh, the decisions that I made along the way in order to do that. Um, so it goes back to when I was 18, and I was in a pretty bad place, Um something that happened when I was 18 years old, the first time that I lived here in Dallas, Texas. And I came home to my family pretty messed up. And I was probably on a path of self-destruction that literally, by the grace of God, I didn't fulfill. I was doing all the things that rebellious teenagers do and probably to the nth degree, drinking underage and riding fast with cars, me on the hood, crazy gambling things. It wasn't pretty. And it was because I was um, very, very angry at what had happened to me. And that's for another show I'd be happy to share later. But um, I just didn't know how to deal with the aftermath. The aftermath was almost bad as what had happened to me in Dallas. And... um, and part of it was that I was really, really pissed off with God and um, to the point where I would go around in my car 2 o'clock in the morning after I'd gotten off my shift from working the restaurant, and I would literally yell at him at the top of my lungs and cut him out bring out. <laughs> and I figured, you know what? You created me. You can handle it. So... That's you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> F you. You created me. You're going to deal with this shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm bad. I'm pissed off. And you're going to hear about it because you know right. what? You've all, it, there was nowhere else to show the anger except to myself, which was what I was doing. 
and um, and to him. And so, well, one day um, it got pretty bad. I um, it was April sixth, nineteen eighty-eight. So, what is that? Twenty-seven years ago, I think. To the today? day. Today's April sixth. Today. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, to the day. Today's April sixth. Yeah, to the day. So. I was uh, working an early shift at the restaurant. I worked with my boyfriend, and we had a terrible fight. And um, and I was, you know, doing things that I normally did, which was, you know, driving pretty crazy and not paying attention to what I was doing because, you know, I really didn't care. And um, I was heading to my dad to see if he could talk. And... Um, he wasn't even there. I didn't even know that he was out of the country. And I was taking the cliffs pretty fast and um, out toward where he lived. And there was this one cliff that I had gone over hundreds of times. And, you know, just fine. And, no, this time I lost control. I was just going way too fast. And, um, and when I realized that, I was going over the cliff, a prayer. I, you know, usually Catholic, you're supposed to say the act of contrition. I didn't even think about I just thought, dear God, please help me. And my car was a Berlinetta Camaro, thank God, huge V8. And uh, it flew 125 feet off the cliff because I was going pretty fast, like I said. And it hit the ground at a 90-degree angle and flipped over. And had I been wearing my seatbelt in this one case, I would have been crushed because the engine and the roof was completely caved in where the driver's seat was. And um, strangely, I was thrown inside the car and um, landed on the roof of the back seat. And, you know, when I'm not wearing the contacts, I'm wearing my glasses, and I've worn them since I was seven, and I can't see a thing without them. And so they were gone. I don't know where they went. And I couldn't move. I never lost consciousness. But I opened my eyes, and I, I'm telling you, Christopher, it's there, right there, right there by my eyes, the only thing I could be was a New Testament that I carried in my center council in my car as a good luck piece, really. <laughs> it was right there. And Wow. Yeah. So yeah. so were you were you were you hurt? I mean you said you didn't go unconscious, but were you were you hurt? No. N- yes, very. I remember the impact of it. I remember and I'm thinking, Oh my god, this is really bad and you know how things go really slowly even though it was probably really fast I broke my back in four places I have a small scar on my chin um, because my teeth went through um, my bottom lip and uh, you know I had been a model before and beauty pageants and all that sort of thing so that was gone Um, and the worst injury, though, of all was um, when the brake pedal went through my left foot. It had severed um, several tendons, bones, and um, 
it took a while, but they life-flighted me over to hospital, and I couldn't have any drugs, no pain, nothing, because they had to find out what was wrong. And um, it turned out that I ended up spending about, I think, two and a half weeks in the hospital, and um, my back was going to mend. Uh, they fixed my face as best as they could. <laughs> and, um, and the worst thing, though, was what had happened to my foot. They really thought that I was always going to walk with a disability, um, with a limp, a pronounced limp, maybe even have a cane. And uh, when the doctors told me that, uh, you know, I still wasn't walking. I wasn't even on crutches or a walker yet. I was still pretty immobile in the bed. And um, <laughs> and when they told me, and I had had time to reflect about this New Testament right by my eyes, I said, mm, thanks. And I said, um, but you don't know me that well. And I think God's in charge of this one. I don't think he does anything halfway. And uh, he I literally felt like he had wrapped his arm, his hand, the palm of his hand around me in that car because it was the only place that was not crushed in. And I thought he wouldn't, he wouldn't save me just to let me, I don't know, not live the life I had hoped I was going to need <laughs> my leg. <Right. laughs> I was going to need to walk, okay, because there really wasn't a lot of support for me in my life, and I was going to have to be self-sufficient and reliant. And No, that I don't think there would have been anybody literally to lean on, so God was just going to have to. And, right, so um, what, did, what, did your, what did your family say when they found out about this? Because you were, you were saying you were on a pretty bad track and you were being really rebellious. Did they blame you for the accident? Did they think drugs and alcohol no. were involved? No, no. I told them what had happened. It was in the middle of the afternoon, and I they knew why I was going through a bad place. And uh, there was probably only one family member that judged me from my behavior, but most of them were lost in their own world, but kind of understood where I was going, scared for me, but understood. And it was weird. And um, when it happened, um, my mom and my sister came to the hospital, and I, I guess I must have looked pretty bad because my sister's my best friend, and she couldn't talk to me. She was just stunned. And they never let me see a mirror until, like, I was home from the hospital because I guess it was pretty bad. But, wow. um, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, maybe I looked like Frankenstein or something. <laughs> it was <laughs> stitches all over the place on my face and bruises, I guess. But, um, yeah, uh, it wasn't until later, um, that I think I put it all together that, I don't know, that my family loved me, but that really the only person I could hold on to was God and me. And um, it took me a long time to accept that, but that was the beginning. And I'm okay with that now, but um, that was a long journey in coming. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I sit there and I think about, and thank you for sharing your story here. And for those of you guys just joining us, you're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. We've got my guest, uh, Kay Kara, uh, likes to be called Kay, um, on here telling her story about uh, how her life changed when she was 18 years old and pissed off at God on April 6, mm-hmm. 1988, and uh, had a near-death experience by driving her car accidentally off a cliff and being saved by the grace of God, literally. Um, so, so do you, do you ever, do you ever have, uh, you know, like flashbacks from the accident? Was it hard for you to get back behind the wheel when you started driving again? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, uh, my boyfriend and I went up to Sonoma. This is the same boyfriend. It took me a while to kind of not be with him again, <laughs> but, um, we went up to Sonoma and there was, um, cliffs on the way. And one time he was pulling over just to take a picture and, um, and all I saw was the edge of the cliff getting closer, and I just started screaming. And um, Annie realized that, oh, <laughs> okay, flashback. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was kind of silly, but I have a huge startle reflex, and I, um, I don't do bridges or mountains very well. <laughs> I need somebody else to kind of drive through those things, so... Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. understandable. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, we're we're talking about God and everything, but do you believe in luck? Luck? Yes. No, I don't believe in luck. I believe in karma. I believe mm. in sincerity, and I believe in a personal relationship with either the light or the darkness. That's what I believe. Nice, nice. So uh, where, what do you think karma was doing in this particular situation, considering you were being rebellious and you were shouting out, F you, God, and all that other stuff? What do yeah. you think karma was trying to teach you? Well, I I think, well, first of all, I don't think that I was creating bad karma at that point. I think I was lashing out. I was not at fault for what had happened to me earlier. I was coming to terms with that. I I at some point did think that it was my fault, and um, and that was part of the lashing out. I'm lashing out at God. I was lashing out at me, too. I was hating myself. And um, the karma, the karma, I think, was the fact that even though probably I lived a death wish every day for those three years, I think God read my heart. And I think he heard my prayers even despite my anger and rage toward him. And I think that he saw the pain behind it. And that was where the karma was. That was where the sincerity was. The anger is just to cover up for the incredible pain and loss and hurt and fear. And... I think he read my heart because my behavior was certainly not toward anybody else but toward myself. And I I think he knew that. And when I asked him to please help me, I think that that was what he was waiting for. I think that was the moment that I gave him permission to take over. And... And he did. I mean, he did in the most miraculous and, I mean, hit me in the face sort of way, you know. And um, and I always thought, you know, why me? There's lots of people who 
you know, random things. It's their last day, and why? Why? And I honestly don't know why. All I am is thankful that he loved me that much because he didn't have to prove anything to me. He did. And right. You know, he did. Well, and I was going to ask you. What I was going to ask you is, how did your life change? You know, talk to us about getting out of the hospital and what and what what about your attitude and your behaviors changed as a result from that accident? And how did it help you turn your life around to have this kick-ass existence? <laughs> right. Well, um, I figured, okay, God, if you love me that much, then I'm I'm going to try and. Uh, I took stock. I wrote down different things. There wasn't much I could do. I was on a walker at that point, so I was in bed a lot. And um, I just took stock of what I wanted for my life and and then prayed. I applied and got into college. Um, I got. It took me a long time. I worked my way through it, um, but I got my psych and my communications degree. And um, and then let's see what else. Um, Oh, I started um, composing again, and I had um, composed since I was 16, but um, I started writing music again, and and this time the music was different. This time it was playing what I felt, just being with the feelings, and sometimes words came, sometimes they didn't, but mainly the songs now are about healing and hope and holding on, holding on, even when you don't feel like you can anymore, just hold on and wait for the three days because the transformation is coming. And that's what I like to share with people. I was at a very hopeless point in my life. And my life is, can you read? Chris? What? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you could hear me. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was. I was. I was just hanging on to every word you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was about to say, and I'm in some huge changes in my life right now because I'm becoming more congruent with who I really want to be, and it's taking a lot of risk. And I grew up in a risk-averse family, let me tell you, and and so it's taking a lot of courage to be who I am, but. My life, I've decided, is about helping others. And I don't want to see anybody in that hopeless place. I am doing everything that I can to continue crossing to the other side of healing and then turn around and just shine the way for the others. And it doesn't have to be what I went through. There's a lot of different traumas that people go through, but the feelings are the same. I mean, the loss, the grief, the um, sometimes betrayal, sometimes, um, I don't know, it just, it comes in so many different forms, but the feelings are the same. And I just, I want to hold on to people's hands and let them know that first, they're not alone. And second, it's going to be okay. It really is. And um, my mission in life is to encourage and hope, give hope to other people. I've lived it. 
I've done it. I'm still healing and going through it, going through the footsteps to learn the dance. But right. I'm at a point now, and that's why I'm really happy to be able to talk with you, Chris. I'm at a point now where I think I'm strong enough to turn around and be that, be that help for other people who are on their way. And that's Absolutely. why I really wanted. To, yeah, that's why I really wanted to talk with you about this today. Because well, it I, also marked the beginning for me. Well, I appreciate you being on here and sharing your story because it is definitely a kick-ass story, and I think you are more than strong. I think you need to give yourself a little bit more credit. But uh, <laughs> since you are on the show and your and your mission is to help people, why don't you yeah. give us our first kick-ass tip to help our listeners have a kick-ass, unstoppable attitude? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, um, what I found to help me and especially now, because this world that we're living in is changing fast. And um, it, it gets harder and harder, at least it seems so to me. Um, I like, like I mentioned, I like to set goals, and goals are important because they help define who you want to be. But I think if I miss out on the step of setting inner goals, like values, that are important to me, I, I've seen this in other people. I've seen it in myself at times. If you don't do that first, then you're kind of like without a compass. And the values are the ones, whatever you decide for them to be, that hold you steady in this life. If, like, mine are three. Mine are conviction, integrity, courage. Those are my three values. And I judge everything in my life, whether it stays or goes, <laughs> according to those three things. And that helps me a lot from becoming distracted. Oh, I like that. I like that. I definitely believe in having mission statements and having, you know, core beliefs that you can rely on when you are uncertain about what you're supposed to be doing. Talk to us about what advice would you give somebody if they didn't have a life or death experience and they were trying to figure out what their values are? Right, right. Yeah, I understand that. Um, there's some people like that in my family. Um, it has to be a real honest face-yourself-in-the-mirror experience. I mean, nobody else is going to hear this but you, and if you believe in him, God. And um, without that near-death experience, it can still be done. Um takes a lot more faith, uh, but what's important to you? Ask yourself, what kind of a person do you want to be? Not just the successful, driving around in a BMW, big house kind of person, but kind of a person do you want to be remembered for? What do you, what do you want to live on? What's your legacy? And, exactly. Um, uh-huh. And... You know, and to me, it was those three values and giving them and living them for other people, um, leading by example. Um, it may be many different other things for other people. It's just a matter of knowing who you are and who you want to be. It takes self-awareness and it takes brutal honesty. Um, but I think it's the way to go. Um, I know a lot of people who for various reasons, are in denial. And denial serves a purpose. Um, 
strong enough in order to deal with something and denial buys us time. So it's completely understandable. But it gets dangerous when a person stays in that denial and uh, complacency, and, and it's really hard to get out of. But mm. uh, that's when I think that your commitment, if you make that commitment, to be self-aware and self-accountable and take responsibility for whatever happened in your life before must be turned around. And, yeah, you're going to go through your days. God knows, my poor friends. <laughs> you're going to go through these days that are just stark. And 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 you're not going to know how to get through them and and. You hold on to that compass. You hold on to your friends. You hold on to the people who are truly there for you. Hold on to love and turn away from anything less than that. that Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Anything so, so you... or anybody who is less than love in your life doesn't belong there. Exactly. And I think you t- you touched on a really important thing. You you t- you said legacy, and I think that's super important. I want to make sure the listeners hear this. Um, but for my longtime listeners, you guys know that I'm all about you know creating the legacy that you want to live. And for those that are new, um, a great way to do that is to write your eulogy. I mean, if you're uncertain about what, mm-hmm. your, what your life is supposed to be about, I mean, I tell people back in 2008, I sat down, I came back from a funeral, and I sat down and I wrote my eulogy. And the crux of it was that I will fight for what was right and what was fair. I will have risked for which that mattered, and I will left the earth a better place for who I was and what I did. I can recite it just like you can recite your three, <laughs> your three convictions. You know, that's yeah. what that's what you got to do. You got to know in your heart of heart what it is that you're doing here, and then you get up every day and you mm-hmm. live that mission, and you make sure you're congruent with that because that's where yes. sadness and hurt and anger come from. Is when you're incongruent yeah. with what's inside your body and inside your soul, right? That's- Exactly, yes, because nobody wants to play a role. They want to be who they were meant to be. And oftentimes society or families or people who are just afraid will tell you, no, that's not okay, do this, do that, do that. And, you know, it may have worked for them. But, no, you have to be who you were created to be. To deny that means that you don't, you're not loving yourself. Exactly. And there's no, yeah, there's no reason not to love yourself. If God loved me that much, then I'm no one special. He loves us all that much, as we know since coming from off from Easter. And I don't know why I got to get that glimpse of how much he loves us, but I'm really thankful that I did because... Now I'm going to use that. See, it's energy. It's love. It's going to continue through me. And I'm going to, like many others who have made the decision to transform their lives, I'm going to pass that on. And, yeah, I'm going to get days that are stuck. I'm going to get gloomy days. I'm going to get days like, oh, my God, I can't get out of this bed. Believe me. (laughs) Still have them. (laughs) But... Uh, he does get me through. There are angels and people who get you through. There are furry animals that are like your kids that can get you through. And your purpose and your compass, when you remember it, will get you through. 
Great advice. Great advice. Um, give us kick-ass tip number two, Kay. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought I gave a few more than that, but okay. <laughs> well, I thought we were just, I thought we were on the first one, but yeah, we kind of break them down into, into five separate tips. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I think I'm going to go for the, um, you know, how I was talking about complacency and distraction, you know, how yep. um, easy to get there. And especially today, I think, you know, I used to be, you know, one of those people that had the DVR and, you know, it was easy at the end of the day to just come home and put my brain on ice, basically, and watch whatever was there and numb out. And um, and I understand it because our lives truly are so incredibly demanding. And in the economy, I mean, it stems back in certain areas, but um, not quite the way that it was. And... Um, we live in a culture, a job culture that is ultra competitive and very, it's, it's an employer's market. <laughs> and so people are working that much harder. I totally get it. And there's still the family demands and everything else that goes along with it. By doing that, by plugging in to just, you know, for some downtime, it, I think it's, I find it brings complacency to me. I find it distracts me from what, again, the type of person that I really want to be. And, you know, and yes, I deserve some downtime, and so does everybody. But I limit it. I limit it to, okay, I'm going to see this movie. I also do the same thing with shopping malls. Okay, I get in, I get out. I'm not the usual girl. (laughs) I am... I I just decide what I guess my boundaries are, even if it comes to that. And if I want to have some more downtime, well, I like to crochet and I like to write a song and I like to do something creative in line with who I am and what I want to be. So what you're saying sense? is what you yeah, what you're saying is, you know, complacency is the act of kind of just letting things go by and kind of just, you know, getting lazy. And what you're saying is, you mm-hmm. know, have some downtime, but make sure you limit your downtime and make sure you try to do things that are still constructive to what you're passionate about, right? Yes, fulfilling. I mean, I, I see people, and I'm not trying to put down any sport or any program or anything like that to each their own, but I see people becoming so involved in these things that, Really, um, what have they gained by it? And um, did it add anything to their life other than a few minutes of maybe some relaxation or joy, which is okay. But, you know, there's so many other things that are meaningful. And I guess what I hope for people is that rather than watching, especially with these reality TV things, Instead of watching other people make decisions and live their lives and whatever, um, why don't they live their own lives? Get yes. out. Be the person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be quit the person the that you want to be. I'm sorry. I say, quit watching the Kardashians for God's sake. That's, oh, that's just that's just oh like the most worthless TV. I mean, yeah, if you want to have some downtime, like a half an hour, but some people watch that thing and they're just like, it's like the car crash they want to watch. I mean, pardon the thing. Oh, I, the car I crash know. And it, <laughs> I mean, 
and I just don't, yeah, that, don't worry about it. <laughs> but I, I just don't understand it. I mean, I don't know what the payoff is. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. But I just, to me, it's like that inch degree of population that's just kind of crazy. And I don't find that entertaining. I find that uncomfortable. And um, I don't want to see it. I want to I wanna work on the beauty and the, the reason why I'm here. That's what I want. Awesome. Well, I couldn't I think, agree with you more. I think that's I think that's super important. I mean, not to knock that stuff, it's but it's like some of these right. some of these guys that I talk to, they come to me for coaching and so I ask them how they spend their time, like, Oh, you know, Sundays I watch, you know, twelve football games and it's like, Okay, one football game I can get, you know, and then let's right. how about some education and kinda of learn about what it is that you want to do with your life and you know, right. so it's just interesting. I mean, we all have our own habits like you said before. I mean um, Oh yeah. But, Mine's yeah. ice cream. I zone out with ice cream. I love it. I can eat the whole thing. <laughs> I'm so, uh, totally absorbed by moose tracks. Yes. <laughs> what, what's your What's your favorite What's your favorite ice cream? Original moose tracks. Yeah. Can't put it moose down. Moose tracks. Have, well, I don't know. Do they have that in California? It's um, really good. It's um like a peanut butter or vanilla ice cream, and it's got like Dove chocolate swirls in it with peanut butter and chocolate. Buttercups and like I love yeah, peanut butter and good. chocolate kind of girl. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I don't get out to ice cream shops very often, so I have to I have to make sure I look for that. But um, give us kick out tip number three, Kay. Okay. Um, I think something is really important, and it's forgiveness. I mean, forgiveness is a personal choice, and it is. It's something that stems out from free will, and it's not something that can be rushed or it's insincere and it's not something that can be forced but I personally choose to practice forgiveness in my life actively because it it takes that I'm human I'm not God and obviously and um you know and God I mean when he forgives us he he majorly forgives us he he wipes the slate clean and it's a one-time thing but with us I think it's hard it's much harder and and there's times when I don't want to forgive I want to hold on to the anger I want to have that shield I don't want to hurt anymore but if I do that it's hurting me it's consuming me it's making me into Again, a different person than what I want to be. I'm I'm out of balance, and I don't see the world the way I want to. And so it's really a favor to me by forgiving. It's basically saying, okay, no, you can't come back into my life. Sorry, there are consequences to behaviors, but I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to say that have the whole story on who you are. I don't know everything that motivates you. Nobody can. Not even that person sometimes. It's God who gets that. And that's why he's reserved judgment. And um, so I will never know everything that makes a person act the way that they do. I do know that 
it's easy to act from fear and it's easy to act from pain and that it can go on for years and people can be stuck. And often it really doesn't have their behavior. Sometimes it does, but often it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with their pain and they can't let it. So I try hard to forgive. But I'll tell you, it's, it's not a one-time thing for me. Um, like I said, I, I try to practice it actively because I'll find I forgive someone and then something will come up or I'll run across a book or something will happen where uh, I am in that place again and I am pissed off. And, um, and I, I'm right back there. And so, so well, let me like, let me let me interrupt you for a second. What do you yeah. find it harder to forgive yourself or to forgive somebody else? Mm, forgive myself. You find yeah. that harder? Yeah. Why? Why do you yeah. think that is? Because that's that's a pretty common answer I get. It's like, okay, it's easier for me to let this other person off the hook for X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to sit here and continually beat myself up over the next ten years for this one thing I did. Why do you think that is? Well, I think a lot of it might have to do with the, I'm I'm being really brutally honest here. I think that a lot of it has to do with the type of people that are calling into your show. I think there's two kinds of people, neurotic, want to be better kind of people who are constantly expecting more of themselves. And then I think there are people who broke and are narcissistic narcissistic and don't want to grow or they don't think they can grow. They're in the dark, literally. And um, but the people that are calling into your show are probably people who are wanting to become better people. And when you want to do that, it's hard to be, oh, gentle with yourself because you want <laughs> so badly to be exceptional and you want so badly to to get it and to grow and to learn. It's a very motivational population. And I think that's why it's easier to make excuses or to have compassion for those other people because neurotic want to be better people usually are hardest on themselves. And we're just going to be that way. It's it's going to be a practice to be as loving to ourselves as it is to others. It's just something we need to be aware of. No, I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, Kay. I think it's I think it's one of the biggest problems we have in society today is that people just don't forgive. They don't I mean they 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 go mm-hmm. on beating themselves up and they live this life of misery and mm-hmm. it's like it's okay if you make a mistake if you fall down if you do something that isn't yeah. in line with something but you just you just got to say you know what everything happens for a reason and what am i supposed to learn from this particular situation that i can help teach somebody else going through the same thing later on to become stronger for it and it's just it, right. it blows my mind that we do that i mean i'm pretty good at forgiving i I, I, mm-hmm. I, I tell people that I'm really good at moving forward. I don't forget, but, mm-hmm. you know, I look forward to, okay, great. You know, this happened. This is a situation. I forgive you. Let's move forward. 
And if it happens again, then obviously we have to have a conversation because I'm not going to be an idiot and <laughs> stay around for somebody doing right. the same thing over and over again. Exactly. But I think it's important. Right. I think it's important that that uh, you know we let go of that stuff and and say and say to ourselves, okay, why did this happen? What am I supposed to learn from it? And how can I help somebody else? That gives value. That gives meaning in that in that negative mm-hmm. situation. I think that's so important. Um, give us well, kick-ass tip number four. Well, I'm going to change things up a little bit because that that reminded me something what you just said, of something that I really think is important. And uh, so I'm out living here just a bit. <laughs> Go for it. Go um, for it. You're kick-ass, baby. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, I just wrote an article about this on my blog, and I I want people – I'm concerned for people who have this mentality that they've just got to win, they got to win, they got to win, they got to win, they got to push themselves harder, and it's this – competitive against each other, collaboration goes out the window, team, yeah, that's in name only. And um, it concerns me because with that is that people, we're human. We're going to try our best, of course, but we're human and we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. It's just the way it is. He didn't make us perfect. It's the whole point of being here. And people in society today won't allow themselves to fail. This this happened to me recently. I didn't get where I wanted to be. And, um, oh, it was hard. Talk about self-forgiveness and beating yourself up. It, Yeah, I did all that. But people, just like you said, they really have to look at the situation, look at the big picture, and see all the moving parts that contributed to the situation, own your own behavior, your own attitude, your own thoughts, but also know that it wasn't just you. And even if you really self-sabotaged and it was you, get back up again okay, you fell down. It's okay. Just get back up. And, um, and keep going. That's, yeah, it, it, that's the best thing you can do. No, that's that's great advice. You know, I, I read a quote, and I can't remember who said it, but they said, failing's not the falling down. Failing is the staying down. And that stuck yeah. with me so many times because if we're not getting outside of our comfort zone, I mean, this show is about getting outside of our comfort zone and, and just living, right. like you said earlier, an authentic right. kick-ass life. It's like be right. true to yourself. That's what I preach. That's what I practice. That's what I am. That's why I'm not a suit and tie speaker anymore. So when you think yeah, about yeah. that, it goes, it goes back to what we said before. You know, every, if give things a meaning and a purpose. It's like, okay, wow, you know, am I going to quit? I've seen so many people give up on their dreams right when they were about to achieve it. And even me, I mean, you know, being right. very truthful and transparent. Yeah. Sometimes I think about quitting the radio show. Sometimes I think about, okay, why do I, I want to become a speaker? Why am I a speaker? I don't have to become a speaker. And, you know, but we do get frustrated. But it's important in those yeah. times to have an accountability partner, have a friend that's able to slap you and sit there and say, hey, get out of your own head. <laughs> Let it yes. go, and what are you going to do to become stronger from it? I mean, I I think they're learning yeah. opportunities. I think they're learning lessons. I don't think they're the mistakes or failures or anything, you know. And it just Absolutely. I think it goes back to the conditioning that we have when we were kids. You know, we were mm-hmm. we were conditioned to be competitive. We were conditioned to win. If we win, we're good. And if we lose, we're bad. Right. You know, we we right. stick with God that forbid. the rest of our life. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's not. I mean, there are. I I used to be in beauty pageants, right? And um, not knocking the beauty pageants had lots of great opportunities with the beauty pageants. Um, really opened up a whole new world for me. But one thing that was in the 70s was that there was only one winner and maybe a few fun runner-ups, but and everybody else really felt like they lost. Okay, well, yeah, that was hard. There is not just one winner in life. There's lots of winners in life. So then in the 90s, you know, it was all about self-esteem with kids, and they all showed up. My little niece was in pageant, and um, my niece-in-law, I guess. And, um, you know, just for showing up, she gets a trophy. I can't stand that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like from one spectrum straight over to the other spectrum. And it's like, you know, no, you're supposed to show up in your life. You're not. That's that's just the beginning. And what about all those people who really earned that trophy? Yes. um, That really pushed themselves to earn that trophy. That's... uh, don't we still want to reward exceptionalism and excellence? And um, it's not, not okay, look at me. I, I joined the pageant. I get a trophy. It, I, I don't understand that. And um, so it's, it's sad. It's like somewhere in the middle has got to be the right answer, I think, the balance. It's, yeah. you know, it. It doesn't have to be winning over people. What about what about winning over ourselves? What about competing against ourselves and constantly being better than we once were? Excellent advice. Excellent advice. I couldn't agree with that more, Kay. I mean it's so it's so vitally important to be, you know, be competitive but also be realistic and not be so hard on ourselves. I mean, it's like, it's like, Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. get that job or I didn't get that role or I didn't get that gig. You know, it's like, right. okay. So, so I didn't get it. There, there must be a bigger lesson or a bigger thing for me to get later on. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I tell people you can have a one day pity party. You can be, Oh gosh, darn it. And you know, <laughs> piss on the moon and all that other stuff and eat bonbons and, and, and oh, yeah. whatever, whatever that ice cream was you said before, you know, it, but back. touch your, yeah. But yeah, but just cut yourself a break. I mean, it's life. Right. We didn't get it. We didn't get programmed with an owner's manual. We're we're figuring this out as we go. Even us in our forties, you know, it, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we got we got time for your final kick-ass tip, and then we're gonna find out what you're up to these days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think um, I I saw this recently. Um, I was in an environment where. And it's easy to do. It's it's really easy to do, whether it's Hollywood or a corporation or what. But it's unfortunate. I think one of the pitfalls is um, when you do achieve that success that you've wanted, the outer success, it's easy to let ego take over um, because, you know, hey, you did that. And um, other people who haven't quite gotten there, um, I've seen it. I've even been there myself. Um, it's really easy to be smug and dismissive to other people um, when they're struggling. And because maybe there are different struggles than what you had and you don't understand it. Or, you know, 
maybe you just felt you were stronger. I don't know. But it's the ego that will trip a person up the quickest. Because if you buy into the idea that whatever your 15 minutes of fame is, you're worth that and more, you're going to have a hard landing when the world moves on. Because fame is not worth. It's not a statement of how much you mean in this world. It's um, not real. It's very dust. And it's great to have. But know it for what it is, especially in this world where we are sadly looking for attention in any way we possibly can. It's not what that's about. Um, Dad, you know, I'm going to, I keep trying to just, and, and this sounds really old-fashioned, but really, I mean, humility, try to stay in humility, true humility. I mean, no one is too good to serve another person. No one is too good to get a glass of water for another person just because they might have a title after their their name or they have a celebrity page or anything of that nature. No one is better than anybody else, no matter what they've done in this world. Amen, and, sister. Amen. You know, yeah. And when people forget that, oh, my gosh, they're setting themselves up for such a hard fall. Because if we stay in humility, we stay plugged in to what God is there in, to begin with. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, it's not by our own efforts entirely it's through the grace of God and if we if we stay in humility real humility not pretend we stay plugged in to that light and it continues to flow through us but if we think we're all that it gets dammed up and it's temporary (laughs) (laughs) you can talk about karma that is so so true so tell us tell us what you're up to now you know as far as making music and and films and and uh tell my listeners where where they can uh you know get a hold of you and just kind of what you're what you're working on okay well my name is kind of spelled weird i kind of patterned it after french which i'm just a nut about so it's kcara and i have a website but it's spelled K-A-I-C-A-R-R-A, one word, dot com. And if you Google that, you'll pretty much see my whole life. Because, <laughs> um, you know, my website's there. I have a new blog. Um, well, kind of a new old blog. I relaunched it. Um, it's called Cadences. Um, but, again, if you just Google Kikara, you'll find it. Um, also, uh, I do have a couple films that I've written and composed the music for. Um, the music is actually, I guess it's like a musical, but the entire scene, the dialogue is in music. And um, and those two films will be created at some point. I'm going back to school later this year for my master's in fine arts. 
And once I learn how to be a filmmaker, I um, will have found my right team by going with, to this school and, and then shown little bits of my work and get the investors in order for this to happen. But it's a long-term plan, but I know it will happen. I know it was what I was born to do. Wow. And, and for those of you guys that are driving, listening on your mobile device, uh, Kay's information will be on the kickassradioshow.com webpage, so you can go there and check it out. Um, so, and, I, and I read part of your blogs, and they're very uplifting. Do you have any <laughs> desires to, to become a speaker or a coach someday? Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, it's all, I hope, going to dovetail, finally, because <laughs> um, I feel like I've lived a so kind of life, corporate as my day job, and the artist that I am for real. And um, yeah, what I want to do is I would like to speak with high school students and young adults. I would like to tell them more about my story of the cliff and don't give up hope. And um, there's also other stories that I plan to relate. Um, a little bit later. I uh, don't want to give the movies away. <laughs> but, um, yes, I would love, absolutely love, to become a public speaker and really touch the hearts and minds of the young ones to know that, you know, wherever they come from, because I know childhood is really sometimes not what it should be. Um, it's okay and that everything that they need to overcome it really is inside of them. And if they don't well, I, think so, it's really just a prayer away. Well, I think and, I think you're going to be a phenomenal speaker, and I think you have a lot to give. And I want to thank you so much for being on the Kick-Ass Radio Show today. You've given our listeners sure. lots of great tidbits of what they can do. So I really encourage you guys to take what Kay has said in this last hour and what we've talked about and put it into, put it into play in your own life. I mean, you got to sit there and, and take stock and, and think about what your value system and think, think about what your legacy is going to be. Think about, you know, if you're, if you're living in your ego, if you're living as a confident person versus an arrogant person, and just really think about what your impact is on the world. And if you're living congruently within yourself, because that's where true happiness comes from. Take it from me. I have lived all sorts of different different lives and, and, and live for other people and try to get other people to like me. But when you just really, at the end of the day, you just resonate with yourself and you just love yourself and you just feel good about what it is that you're doing and where you're going and who you're impacting, that's truly an awesome life. I mean, if I died tomorrow, I know my legacy would be left. The fact that it, mm -hmm. it, it's, exactly, it's exactly as I wrote it. It's that I, I, I fought for what was right, what was fair. I risked for what's that mattered. And I left the earth a better place for who I was and what I did. So you guys out there listening in Radio Land, you guys have the opportunity to to do that for yourself. And if you need help, reach out. You can, you can mm -hmm. contact me, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com, and I'll be, I'll be happy to help you. And uh, coming up next week, we have Charlene Christianato. Uh, she's going to be on here sharing her story and giving, again, five kick-ass tips. So, again, uh, please connect with Kay. Uh, with Kay. Uh, her information is going to be on the website. And I want to thank you guys all for being longtime listeners or first-time listeners. You guys rock. I thank you very much. Have a kick-ass week, and we will see you next Monday night at 6 p.m. Thank you, Christopher.